Federal regulators are investigating the financing of a new media company backed by the disgraced ex-president who is still exiled for obvious reasons from posting things on mainstream social media sites. It comes after his company and Digital World Acquisition announced that they've raised $1 billion from a, quote, diverse group of institutional investors. Yes. Hello, one. Hello, all. And welcome to the Politics Mostly podcast. I am your host, Peter Ramirez. Today is Monday, December 13th, 2021. If it is not that date, something went horribly, horribly wrong. (laughs) I am recording this on not Monday, December 13th, and I'm trying to use technology to post this for like 6 a.m. Monday in time for you commuters. Um... I'm trying to do something I haven't done before, post one episode daily for an entire week and to see how much that can juice my numbers, because this is all just a vanity project, don't forget. Um, (coughs) Can I do it? Post daily for a week? Does it even technically count if I'm recording a few days in advance? Does anyone even care about this opening? (laughs) So I want to talk about two things on today's show. Two things that separate Democrats from Republicans and why Trump's media company will most likely fail. I say most likely fail because um, if there is a long shot, if he can do it, I don't want people to play this back to me. I'm going to be like, look, I said he probably would fail. I didn't say he definitely would fail. (laughs) So I looked at Trump's media company, did some research into like social media companies, what it takes to be successful. And surprise, I don't think he'll be successful in this arena. Um, So let's get into it. Let's get into the first topic. Okay, now bear with me here for a second. Now, some of my listeners may know, I have like 20 macro theory-ish big picture views of politics. And, you know, I care about like three issues a lot. The rest are, you know, whatever. Um, And one of my theories I've come to come to accept, as I believe, truth, is that Democrats are not the same as Republicans. And I'm not talking about issues, right? I'm not talking about what's your opinion on free trade, what's your... No, no, no. Forget issues. How are they as governance parties? How are they alike? How are they different? And it really gets down to like this, an ethos difference, right? What... The, the kind of characteristics between the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. And I want to be an anti-nihilist because I, I used to flirt with political nihilism that both sides are fucked. They do the same thing and accuse each other of whatever. you know. And part of that's true. Look at gerrymandering, right? Uh, sometimes the blue team will write unfair maps. Sometimes the red team will. But one such difference, I believe is that, and I don't really know how to phrase this, so I'm just going to say some long-ass run-on sentences and someone will email me like a more concise sentence. Republicans talk to themselves and convince themselves of vague problems just because they hear it getting repeated a lot, even if there isn't evidence. Okay, that was a sentence I wrote down for that. What do I mean by this? Let me first give you some background. Ron Johnson, who was formerly a moderate senator, allegedly, (laughs) <laughs> so here's a news report. I'm going to, it, it's a quote of a news report, and within that quote is a quote from Ron Johnson, Republican senator from Wisconsin, okay? 
you'll have to forgive me. I'm still sick. Quote, on November 10th, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin and Republican state lawmakers proposed a hostile takeover of election management in their state. As Johnson told the New York Times, unfortunately, I probably don't expect Democrats to follow the rules, and other people don't either, and that's the problem. And quote, Johnson's conclusion, the current system of bipartisan oversight by both parties should be abolished, and Republican legislators must be in control of the elections in which they are competing, end quote. So look, look at that quote. This is a difference between Democrats and Republicans. I'm being, I'm being dead serious here. Look at that quote. I don't expect Democrats to follow the rules, and other people don't either. That's what I'm talking about here. Not here's evidence, this is a problem, here's a counter solution. It's me and my right-wing friends keep saying this election was rigged, so we are going to take it over. They talk to themselves and they convince themselves whatever is popping off in the right-wing message boards, Fox News, the Wall Street Journal editorial page, and they say, oh, everyone's talking about it, and as long as people are just talking about it, not proving it, we can do a power grab, right? People are, uh, people are saying things. It's, not, it's never, here's absolute proof something happened. So it's like, ah, you know, my constituents, right-wing, are, are saying this and we're going to do a hostile takeover, Okay. And if you're a Republican listening to this, surprisingly, a lot of you exist, ask yourself honestly, right, honestly, what if this same quote was said in the same state, Wisconsin was the tipping state, and I believe either the last two or the last three elections, meaning if you take the states that the winning president got, and started with the one they won the most and counted backwards, the state that put them over 270 was Wisconsin, both times. It may have been three times in a row. It is a swing state, okay? So imagine, if you're a Republican listening to that and you see that, what would your view be if the exact same quote was said by a Democrat? A Democrat just says, oh, me and my Democrat friends think Republicans can't handle election. Uh, They're cheating, so we're just going to take it over. Okay? Nothing to see here. We're going to take it over. Sucks to be you. Now, meanwhile, Biden won Wisconsin. Don't tell anybody. Tony Evers, the uh, the governor there, is a Democrat. It's, It's not a red state. It's a purple state. And frankly, one that probably leans blue, all things considering. So, yeah, if you're a Republican, imagine the exact same quote, but um, maybe the Democratic senator says it. You probably wouldn't enjoy it, right? You probably wouldn't. So, you know, they a lot of people were saying this election was rigged or stolen is not proof it was rigged or stolen. It just proves there are a lot of fucking dumb people, right? Think about Georgia for a second, right? This is very important. Because when people say things like, oh, the election stolen, election rigged, blah, 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 I am embarrassed to admit how much time I have spent looking into the craziest, it has been so crazy, the rabbit holes I've gone down to, to look for election uh, stealing uh, fraud that now my Twitter algorithms just constantly give me like, not like good right wing, like bad right wing stuff. Like like my algorithms are fucking fried. They they might as well think I'm QAnon 
based on, you know, Twitter, based on what the accounts they suggest I should follow. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Think about Georgia for a second, right? Let's do some math. Okay, Georgia. Why am I picking Georgia? Well, if there was to be voter fraud, it would most likely happen in Georgia. Why do I say this? It was the smallest margin of victory among any states. Biden beat Trump by 11,779 votes. I'm going to round that up to 12,000 because I'm about to throw some numbers at you. So just under 12,000, right? That's the official count. (coughs) Now, there is a Republican governor of Georgia. Still is, but let's talk back in 2020. And there is a Republican Secretary of State. A Secretary of State uh, for a state government oversees the election. They announced 35 cases of voter fraud or other related election charges, right? 35 cases. Now, first of all, I know my listeners are smart. They're thinking, wait, the, the difference was 12,000, and they found 35. It actually gets better. Listen to this. The governor and the secretary of state, both Republican, they're not rooting for Biden. Sorry to admit, they're not rooting for the blue team. They have an incentive to find voter fraud because Republicans were the ones who lost, okay? So you have the smallest margin available, and every election official in this state belongs to the red team, okay? This is the most fertile ground you can find voter fraud. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere, okay? Now, let's talk about that number, 35, right? Already, it's way, way, way below the number needed to swing the election, right? Of course. But of those 35 cases of voter fraud, some of them involve organizations missing deadlines for registering new voters. So that 35 actually shrinks even smaller. The number of ballot-related voter fraud is only nine, okay? So let's get rid of, like, uh, some, you know, nonprofit organization trying to register people fail to meet a deadline for some bureaucratic whatever, right? That doesn't matter. We're not talking about ballots here. We're talking about missed deadlines for voting organizations. Let's throw those out. We're looking at nine. Now, let's go into those nine for a second. But remember, the number here is 11,779. We have nine, okay? Nine cases. Four felons trying to vote, four non-citizens attempting to register or cast a ballot, they group both together, and one case of a misplaced ballot. That's the official quote according to the government's website. Misplaced, I don't know what a misplaced ballot is. (coughs) So we have nine cases, four felons trying to vote, you can't do that, and four non-citizens, you know, could be permanent legal residents, whatever. Remember, only citizens can vote. Uh, for non-citizens trying to vote or register, right? So we're talking, and one misplaced ballot, whatever the fuck that means. So we're not even talking about nine faulty ballots because within these charges are people trying to register to vote, to vote, and getting denied and charged, the felons, the non-citizens. So of that nine, I don't know what the fuck to do with a misplaced ballot charge. I don't even know what that means. Let's look at the eight. Of those eight, it's not even eight ballots. It's less It's fewer, excuse me, than eight ballots. And this is in a state where they actively are looking for it, where they had the best shot to overturn it because the margin was so small, it was less than 1% of a difference. 
So the Secretary of State, so I'm digging into this, guys. I, you know, I care about this podcast. I want to give you a good product, okay? Now, I don't know how much of a good product this could be when I'm the one yapping all the time, but, you know, you get what you get. Okay. The Secretary of State in Georgia has 23 year-round sworn armed officers with arresting power to investigate voter fraud, Okay. Taxpayers of Georgia, there you go. You get 23 people, 23 retirement plans, 23 salaries, 23 paid times off, okay? 23 benefit packages. You get 23 state officers whose only job, they're not police officers to do this part-time, their only job is to search for election fraud, even in non-election years. So... If there are 23 officers searching for voter fraud and a nine illegal ballots, it's probably less than nine, because I told you that also groups into people trying to register to vote, which means they didn't even get to the ballot. That means the average officer found 0.39 illegal ballots. Well done, guys. Amazing work. Amazing work. That is a very good use of taxpayer money. The average officer found less than one half of one illegal ballot. Well done. So there were nine illegal ballots in a race with over 5 million votes. But it gets even better. We shouldn't automatically assume that all nine were Democrats, right? Take Pennsylvania, for example. There are two cases of voter fraud in Pennsylvania, another state divided by uh, decided by thousands, tens of thousands of votes. It actually may even be 100,000. Two in Pennsylvania. Who were they? Democrats? Deep state, op- deep state operatives? Um, no. Two cases of voter fraud, one in Marple Township and one in 44. Both cases involve a Republican trying to vote for Donald Trump twice. In one of the cases, they tried to vote uh, for a deceased parent on behalf of Trump. So what am I trying to say here? The reason there is no widespread voter fraud is actually very simple. It's not worth it. Right? Think about humans now. This will be a little bit of a fantasy. Imagine humans as rational actors, right? <coughs> Even in the closest of elections, Georgia 2020, the margin is over 10,000 votes. In the entire 2020 election, there were 43 states plus D.C. that were determined by more than three points, right? So 43 plus D.C., 44 states, um, were not close. They were not in the margin of of error, right? These are not swing states. These are Texas and California and New York, right? These are not swinging places. So there were only seven states that were decided by three points or less, There just aren't that many close races. And the prospect of going to jail for seven years because it's a felony to cast one additional vote is just not good math, people. It's not good math. And while we're on the topic of election security, let me say the other thing that I think separates Democrats from Republicans. And once again, these are non-issue related. I'm just talking about the ethos of the Republican Party, the ethos of the Democratic Party, and the average voter for both, right? Okay. There, let's talk about the second thing. And once again, I don't know how to phrase this. I'm just going to say a long-ass run-on sentence. People are talking about voting security 
So therefore, there must be some corruption, right? This is a line of thinking with the Republicans. Um, I, the Republican Party has a very extreme right flank. Now, so does the Democratic Party. So I'm not going to say this is the difference between Democrats and Republicans. There are crazy people on both sides of the aisle. Trust me on that. But I would definitely look at, like, Antifa people and QAnon people, and one of them is in reality that I disagree with, and one of them is... The other one's QAnon. <laughs> Good luck. How, how did, did JFK come back in, in Dallas the other day? What happened with that? Um, so what happens with Republicans is because they're base, they're Marjorie Taylor Greens, they're QAnons, they're Boberts, right? The Gossers, all these crazy people on the fringe, they set the talking points for the party. They say the most outlandish things, the craziest things, the most right-wing things. And then that allows for quote-unquote moderates or establishment Republicans, whatever you want to call them, they get to come out and say things like, oh, you know, I don't think the election was rigged, but you got to admit something was going on. No, I don't have to admit shit because it didn't happen. People are saying, people are saying you're fucking dumb. That's what people are saying. Right. Does, does Mitch McConnell want to talk about rigged elections, QAnon, JFK Jr. coming back to Dallas to be the next president? Probably not. So what happens is this far right part of the base gets to say crazy shit like the election was stolen. And these moderates come in and say, well, I don't I disagree with them, but you got to admit something's something's fishy. Something maybe maybe it wasn't stolen, but there was some ballot ringing. No, because somebody exists to your ideological right does not put you in the ideological center. It just doesn't, okay? For you to come out and say, well, the election was stolen, or the election was rigged, just not on a scale that would have determined the election, that doesn't make you less crazy than people who do think it was rigged. It doesn't, because both of you share the same amount of evidence, which is zero, okay? That's just the unfortunate truth for you guys. So, so no, I don't have to admit that there was any corruption, any improper action whatsoever. But why, why do we allow this to happen? That the core of a conspiracy theory must be true? That they have the truth, this far-right part of the Republican base has the truth, it just has to be diluted a little bit? No. No. So, yeah, just because someone is to the right of you doesn't mean you're in the middle necessarily. You could be just as far right out there and have one step to the left. It just means you have an IQ base of one more point than the person to the right of you. Congratulations. You know, I, I'm just, I'm tired of people doing that to me. I really am. I'm, I would push back against you as hard as I push back against, like, a QAnon person. Oh, Peter, I'm not agreeing with them. They're crazy. Trust me. But come on, you don't think there was some voter fraud? No, I literally don't because it doesn't exist, okay? It doesn't exist. There are people in positions of power who get to look at voter rolls, who are their whole job is to find voter fraud, and they find nine fucking cases in the smallest state, which was 11,779 difference, and they found nine. Now, those nine, they weren't even all ballots. It was just, I, I, I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know what to do anymore. I'm slowly losing my mind, hence why I have a podcast. <laughs> so that's it. Those are two differences I find between Democrats and Republicans. 
Okay. Um, the first one uh, that Republicans like Ron Johnson just say, oh, well, people are saying something's happening, therefore there's truth to it. No, no, no. That's not how logic works. It's not how ration, rational people argue. It's about evidence. It's about putting forth hypotheses, arguments based in fact and reality. Oh, well, people are saying, I don't give a fuck what people are saying. And the second thing Republicans do that I don't find Democrats doing is they do that thing, well, oh, there are people to my right, so I'm definitely moderate. I'm in the middle. No, you're just as crazy as them, so shut the fuck up. How about that? Damn, I'm in a fucking mood today. I'm going to... Jeez, that, that fucking day quills hit me hard. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Okay, after the break, I'm, I'm going to give you guys a quick five-minute um, explainer on why I don't think Trump's media company will succeed. All right. Oof. Hopefully I calmed down. Probably not. It was only a five-second break. Okay. So the Trump Media Company, that's the audio I pulled for the top of the show. Uh, spoiler, <laughs> they're already under investigation by the SEC, which I find so funny. But let's think about this from not a small view, but from a big view. Let's take a step back here. Come on, listeners, follow me down this rabbit hole. Okay. Here are some notable failures in the social media space. Daily Booth. Now, some of these I'd never even heard of. Daily Booth. In 2010, it reached three, its three millionth upload. Airbnb took it over. It failed. Friend Feed, founded by Google employees, was bought by Facebook for $15 million in cash and over $30 million in stock. It later failed. iTunes Ping. I also never heard of this. With the mighty heft of Apple behind it, launched with 1 million active users in 2010. Two years later, it collapsed. Google Wave, Google Buzz, and Google Plus. Failed, failed, failed. Yik Yak was once valued at $400 million. It closed for good four years ago. Vine, we all remember Vine, acquired by Twitter, had millions of users. It failed. And, of course, there's MySpace, which is technically still around, but for argument's sake, failed. So, what do all these companies have in common? Lots of success, right? I mean, Google, Apple, Facebook. These are companies, uh, these are technology companies that may know a thing or two, right? Lots of success, which Trump's company does not have. They have unlimited capital, right? Google, Apple, Facebook, literally bottomless coffers backing these endeavors, right? I mean, these are literally trillion-dollar companies in terms of market cap. And very, very smart people who know what they're doing. Tech people, Silicon Valley people, data scientists. Do I think Trump is a technologically savvy entrepreneur? I do not. I'm sorry. I do not. So why would Trump's media company be successful when so many before him have failed? Even... Even iTunes Ping, which I've once again never heard of, launched with a trillion-dollar company behind it. It launched with one million active users right off the bat, and it still failed. (coughs) Daily Booth, 
It's taken over by the Silicon Valley geniuses at Airbnb, although who knows how smart they actually are. Three millionth upload. I mean, these are huge numbers. Whatever happened to do pig to fail? I guess not, because they all failed and they were all pretty big. So do I lump Trump into this category? No, because he's not as smart as these other people. He doesn't have as much money as these other people, these other companies. He doesn't really know what he's doing, unlike these people did. The second thing is Trump just hired Devin Nunes to be the CEO of this company. Devin Nunes, congressman, California. Um, no business experience, except weird ties to a family farm. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because I'm approaching 25 minutes already. But if you have some time, look up Devin Nunes' family farm. It is, I, sometimes I read about these public figures, and I think, how, how are you not in jail? If I did one-fifth of what these fucking clowns, Democrats and Republicans, mostly Republicans, uh, did, I would have been in jail yesterday. 25 to life, no parole. So yeah, if you have a minute, look up Devin Nunes' family farm. Very sketchy. Um, Devin Nunes, no business experience, but he uses social media. What is Devin Nunes known for on Twitter? Devin Nunes is known for the Nunes cow, which most of you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. There is a Twitter account, a parody account, called Devin Nunes's cow, in which a person, because cows can't type, uh, pretended to be Devin Nunes's cow on his supposed family farm and would just tweet very funny jokes from it. It's actually a very good account. <laughs> of, that could just be my liberal politics coming up, but I thought it was very funny. And what did Devin Nunes do to this cow account? First of all, he did the whole Streisand effect thing, which was nobody knew this account existed, and then he tried to sue Twitter to get it removed, which only made the cow's account blow up in popularity, so that backfired. Good job, Dev. And then he tried to get the Supreme Court to take to hear the case on getting this parody cow account taken offline. That is Devin Nunes' experience with social media. He is the new CEO. Good luck, Mr. Trump. Lastly, <coughs> excuse me, Trump's social media company is literally already in trouble with the SEC before it even exists. Now, full disclosure, this involves SPACs, S-P-A-C's. I'm assuming people call them SPACs. Uh, I do. This is not my area of expertise. Of course, I'm a liberal, so I'm not good with money. Ha ha ha. Okay. Um, involves SPACs, which are like IPO alternatives, and this SPAC raised one billion dollars and didn't disclose its investors. Hello, Saudi Arabia. How are you doing? Um, and apparently, there are rules about discussing which companies the SPAC will acquire. And Trump had a meeting with the head of this SPAC and talked about, allegedly, his media company, which, according to these articles I'm reading, is a big no-no, right? Full disclosure, I read, like, three articles. I'm not an expert on this. But apparently, you can't be talking about hypothetical uh, mergers and acquisitions with a SPAC before it actually happens. That's called uh, illegal. So, conclusion. One, smarter, bigger, more wealthy media companies have failed. The new CEO, too, the new CEO of this company, doesn't have a business background. His only social media action seems to be suing a Twitter uh, Twitter over a cow account. And three, before it even launches, his company is being investigated by the Securities and Exchange Commission. People who do not fuck around, may I also add, for surprisingly breaking financial law. 
So do I think do I think this company, this Trump Media Group, will be successful? Uh, no, no, I do not. Thank you everybody for listening. Hopefully, podcast uh, episodes daily. Have a great Christmas. Have a great Hanukkah. Happy New Year, and I will see you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.